everyone. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast interview. My name is Roy Avon. Thank you for checking out all the stuff that we've done on the website, our recent podcasts, our top fives, and Prog Report Radio, which hopefully you're enjoying. We have a great guest on this episode. As always, you can check out all the podcasts and interviews on the progreport.com website, on iTunes, on Google Play, and on YouTube. Also, you can pick up your copy of the Essential Modern Progressive Rock Albums book, now available on Amazon UK. It's also available on Amazon over here in the States and on the Prog Report website. Features all the great bands from the last 25 years, including the band that our guest today is from, Spock's Beard, who are getting ready to release their 13th studio album called Noise Floor on May 25th. I'm very pleased to welcome Mr. Dave Maros. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Good to talk to you finally. You're coming back on the cruise. They just announced it. Yeah. I mean, I figured as much that that was going to happen. Do you guys like doing that? Is it something fun or you, you don't like being on there? No, it's great. It's uh, the best kind of gig we can do, I think. <laughs> I know when we did our first cruise, Progressive Nation at Sea uh, in 2014, that was um, the first cruise I had ever been on. And, you know, in my life, I had never been really interested in cruising. It just seemed like kind of a lame thing to do. Right. And I didn't know what to expect on this. And I kind of went into it a little bit cynical. And as soon as we got on board, it was like, oh, this is going to be great. And it, it was awesome. The, the cruises are, I wouldn't have expected it, but they're great. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the uh, sort of opinion, when, you know, at least after the first time going in, where uh, it seems like it might be so, sort of weird. But uh, it's such a it's such a fun time. The, the crowd is cool. And, you you know, you missed the, the last one. I, they actually, Larry and, and uh, the cruise people, they, they had me uh, emceeing a bunch of stuff on the ship. So, Oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, maybe next time I'll get to introduce the band or host a Q&A or something. That'll be... Yeah. That'll be cool. I don't know. I guess they wanted to just mix it up a little bit. We didn't get asked on this last one. Well, you know, it's, it's good to change it up here and there for, for the audience purposes, I think. Uh, anyway, listen, I want to thank you, first of all, which which I didn't get to do for everything you did for the book, for the, all the interviews. You were, I think you were the first person to, to turn in some interviews for me for the book. And, uh, you know, it came out really good and has and done really well, surprisingly. So, Yeah, uh, it's great. Um, yeah. And no, no problem for me. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Well, also, congrats on the new album. Uh, I guess we'll officially start asking some questions here. Um, Noise Floor comes out May 25th, uh, album number 13. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, could you have imagined your 13 albums in at this point? I mean, is that insane? Well, you know, yeah, at, at first, when we first started the band, it, we didn't even really think about doing album number one. It was just for fun. Right. And after we did one it kind of turned into a serious band. And at that point, you know, I was hoping that we would get to 13 and beyond, you know, but yeah, who knows? I mean, very little is ever successful. And, uh, especially, you know, when you're dealing with weirdo music, like prog rock. <laughs> so yeah, we've been very fortunate. A lot of, uh, really good people helping us at, right place, right time kind of thing. Yeah. I think if we would come out, um, you know, today, the same band, same everything, we would be, you know, 
spectacularly unsuccessful. <laughs> you know, I had this thought a little bit, which is you guys make a unique, a, a particular <laughs> brand of Prague that sort of comes from that Genesis uh, family, I guess, so to speak. You know, that Genesis, yes, kind of classic yeah. sound, and you guys do it in a, in, a, in a new way. And you guys were the first band to really kind of bring that back a little bit and do it in, in the way that you guys have, have done it so successfully. You know, and then there's a, a handful of other bands that I think sort of fall into that line. But I don't know if this this particular style of prog sort of dies with you guys almost, which sort of scares me, you know, because I look forward to a Spock's Beard album because it only sounds like Spock's Beard. If that ever goes away, it's gone, <laughs> you know. So I, I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, it's it's weird. I think when we came out in the 90s, people were ready for that, you know, because it's a lot of major chords, positive spirit, kind of fun, you know. I mean, that's what we were, that's what we wanted out of it. We were just jumping on the bed, you know, like kids jumping on the bed. We were just having fun. It's like, hey, man, just do this gentle giant part. Do this, you know, we we're just having fun with the whole thing. And But I think Prague has gone kind of darker i don't want to say darker in a negative way but more minor chords more more deeper darker sound yeah and, for sure yeah heavy you know, heavier moody um yeah for sure serious is a lot less playfulness i've noticed and i personally am not a you know i like the playfulness Maybe it's because I'm an old guy, and all the bands seem to have that in the 60s and 70s. You know, the Beatles, the Stones, um, not Pink Floyd, but, uh, you know, a lot of bands. You could sense the the fun in it, and, and that's kind of a requirement for me. I mean, it's kind yeah, of... Yeah, like... I never thought about that part of it, but that is, that is, I guess, part of the thing that stands out, is, is the not taking it too seriously type of aspect that that uh that you guys bring to it that's true so the album's been done now for a little bit right and it's being you know serviced to you know press and all this kind of stuff what 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 goes through the band right now when you guys do that you know you you send the album into the label it's done here you guys go and now what happens to you and everybody are you guys are you guys even talking regularly right now or are you just waiting for the album to be out in may <clears throat> well we're talking pretty regularly now but <clears throat> it's about other stuff um you know we're we've did our little short run pre-order of the lp and you know setting that up required a little bit of communication and then there's the cruise and some details and we might we might do a tour in november uh, we're still in the beginning planning stages of that so we're just talking about other business related stuff not really the album so much i mean that was that was like a, a year-long conversation and i think everyone was kind of ready to stop thinking about that for a minute yeah i mean i'm really excited for everybody to finally hear it uh i think it's as good as anything the band has done wow you know talk about the process i mean when did it start Hey, let's work, let's write a new album. Who, where does that first phone call get placed? Who starts the the first demos being sent around? How does it begin? Yeah, Al usually calls up, and uh, it's like, 
is this a band? Let's do something. We should, you know, whether we're ready or not. He, he kind of reaches this point where he needs to do something, and then that usually gets the ball rolling, and demos get sent around. John, you know, our, our collaborator and sixth beardy, right. he's, uh, he's always writing, you know, so he always has a little backlog that's ready to go at any time. And, um, yeah, the demos get sent around and then we argue about which songs we're going to use. And then at some point those get chosen and we're kind of spread out around, you know, mainly California now, Ted and I are up in Northern California and the other guys are Southern California. And, and, uh, we use Nick of course, you know, on this one and he's, he's pretty, he's really far away. So we don't really get together and do rehearsals. We schedule a, a drum session where Nick plays to the uh, demo parts. And then the drums get sent to me and they get to send everybody, really. I'm usually the first one, the, the second one on board. You know, I record the bass and send that around and everyone builds up around the rhythm section then. <clears throat> and... Uh, on this album, there was more, I don't know what you call it, writing in the studio or editing in the studio, changing things in the studio than, than ever before. I, you know, I have kind of, it's a, almost a luxury of hearing them in their original demo thing and then not hearing it again at all until the very, very end. And then sometimes it's, it's a pretty big shocking surprise. You know, it's like, wow, this sounds great now. I didn't really like it at first, you know, or other times it's like, what? What were they thinking here? I've always had the opposite approach to your way of thinking in, in like, um, you know, in like the Beatles release, let's say all those anthology things, you know, um, and I go, well, why, why do I want to hear the versions that weren't any good? I like the final version. It's good. Like, I don't need to go back and hear 40 demos of Penny Lane, but, right. uh, you know, some people yeah. dig dig that too. So, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, after it's done, I don't really like to hear the demos. Right. No, but, I, I'm, I'm one of those people as well. But yeah, I was, you know, when, when that's all you have to track with, you're kind of forced to listen to them very closely for a while. Right. No, I can you know, see that. But, well, I could tell you that however it ended up being someone who's listened to the album now but hasn't didn't know the original parts, sounds good to me. That's all, that's all yeah. I can tell you. Well, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what counts, ultimately. Yeah. And, so, um, you know, what, what's really weird, Rio wanted to put together a, a couple in-studio type videos. And so he asked everybody to do playthroughs on a couple songs and make comments and stuff. And so I went back and opened up my file for um, one of the songs that I was going to do. And I was like, oh, my God, there's nothing here. There was drums, a couple keyboard parts, and uh, it was a song that John wrote, and it was John's scratch vocal. And it was like, that, that was what I had. You know, and that happens sometimes. Sometimes the demos are pretty complete on a on a couple of them. They were, uh, you know, not much to work with. And then when you hear the the final thing with all the stuff layered in, and you know, it's it's really cool. I want to talk about Nick. You know, being back playing drums, 
Did so I don't remember the timeline off offhand, but was Jimmy gone before you started working on the album at all or shortly yeah. after? Right. So right away did you know well we'll just call Nick, I guess, or or was there like a drum drummer search or something? Like what how did that happen? Well, you know, a long time ago when Jimmy first left, <clears throat> we did a kind of a half hearted search for a drummer. Which I wasn't really involved in in that, um, but nothing really came out of that, and it was time to do the album, and and it was it was kind of a no brainer. It's like, well, let's call Nick see if he wants to do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, he said yes because he's awesome. <laughs> and uh, my understanding is, I guess he really didn't have any say in the writing on this one, right? He just you guys had the songs done, and he just just played, right? Yeah. Yeah, they we went uh, well. We a couple of the guys, I think Al and Rio and uh, Rich. Uh, they flew to Sweetwater. I can't remember who else was there. There might have been one more guy there. They flew out to Indiana and recorded at Sweetwater with Nick, and they just, um, you know, kind of, kind of hired gun type of thing. You know, two or three days of blasting through drum parts it's like thank you very much goodbye <laughs> well he certainly i mean he certainly has years of experience doing that right so it must have been a piece of cake really especially yeah. knowing knowing you knowing the music that comes from you guys he's really good at at uh he's a real quick study he can yeah. hear something well you know he had all the stuff in advance to uh you know listen to as much as he wanted and and right. formulate some ideas and stuff but but even if he doesn't, he's, he's a very quick study. He can get the gist of a song really quick and play something that everyone likes immediately. And, yeah. you know, yeah, he's really, really a good studio drummer. So what happens now for live? Have you thought made any plans on that yet? Are you looking for somebody? Is there someone in mind? Well, we, um, you know, the gigs we've done since Jimmy left, Nick was able to do. And so we've been kicking the can down the road, you know. And so uh, if we do a tour in February, I mean, um, November, uh, Nick can't do that, you know, because it would be a couple weeks time that, you know, he just he's got his gig at Sweetwater and he's got other bands and he just can't commit to big periods of time. So we're going to have to, you know, find somebody to do that. There's one guy that we... Uh, have in mind i don't know if he's carved in stone yet so i won't, I won't say who it is but he's also really awesome and also someone who a lot of people are familiar with it so you know cool. that'll be it well i can't i shouldn't say don't I say mean, don't say if it's if it's a, okay. if it's still under wraps don't tell me oh um, i think I thought you said who, but you said cool no. all right <laughs> you have on this album two discs uh, one with sort of uh, like bonus tracks, I guess we'll call them or something. Um, yeah. You did that on the Brief Nocturnes album as well. Uh, you know, talk about those songs versus them being on the main album. How was that decision made? They, cause, you know, the, the main album, for obviously no one's heard it yet, is real sort of prog heavy. The, the four songs on the second disc maybe are, aren't as proggy, I think, as the main album. Was that sort of the dividing line right there? Yeah, I think that was that was the uh, basic underlying reason. Um, 
you know, in a more general sense, they were the ones that didn't, re you know, the Prague guys expect pr to hear Prague. And those are the ones that didn't fit as well in the context of the album. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we learned on our self-titled one, our ninth record, that you just can't put everything on the disc. Right. Because uh, we had the same, the same problem with that album. We had some songs that, that were cool songs, really great, maybe not so proggy maybe a little bit different style than the other ones but we figured well you, we'll just just we've got room on the disc let's put them all on there <laughs> right <laughs> and you know if somebody doesn't like a certain song they can hit skip but what we found out unfortunately was by doing that we gave everyone something to hate on the record that's interesting yeah so and, that's a way to look at it that you don't think about yeah yeah, and some you know some people understood it. They just go, okay, you know, they these are all good songs. Maybe I don't like this one, but I can I can hit skip. You know, which is that's that's what we were trying to go for. But other people, for other people, unfortunately, a lot of reviews they just the con the album lacked continuity. It lacks you know this and that, and there's some you know filler in there that wasn't really filler they were great songs but to them it was filler because it didn't meet their expectations and you know so we kind of wised up after that and and uh thomas actually has been a huge help and 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 uh helping us decide what songs and what or which order to put yeah. on the main disc because the order of the songs is just as important as the songs that we choose um yeah he's he you know he has a very objective way of of listening to it and he, he can come up with something that none of us would have thought of and uh he did it with brief nocturnes and it when he sent his list we send everything to him the the um all the songs in no order with no comments so he can just you know, come at us with what he thinks it should be. And his, when he, when he came back with his list, it was just like, what? Oh my God, really? And then it's like, well, wait a minute, let's check this out. And it was like, you know what? We had, we were arguing about three different versions. You know, it's like no one could agree with each other. Right. And Thomas's was not even close to any of ours. And it was like, well, you know what? I, I like, thought through this and I think he's right and you know so we went with his and you know of course that album was really well did really well with the reviews and everything so you know yeah still... listen he has an ear for that stuff for sure I mean that's he's yeah. been doing it a long time and I and I I guess I mean I think it was he nailed it again on on this one from the opening track which I think is going to be the first single to to breathe another day I mean that is uh Right away, you know, sort of an old school Spock's kind of rock tune that kind of hits you right in the face and, and it is upbeat and just a, a killer first song. Talk about that song. I mean, was that an early write up or was that a, was that toward, towards the end? That one was um, it was actually a song that John wrote a couple of years ago when uh, Kansas was. Was that a rooster? Yeah, we got a bunch of chickens here. 
That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a super nice day. I got the windows open and they're just out there going for it. But that was, you know, when uh, Kansas had announced that they were going to, uh, you know, start writing for another album. Uh, John had written that for Kansas originally, and it was all it was it was another one that got changed around in the studio a lot. It was it was way more Kansas sounding originally. And uh, the, the, so, uh, the the chicken in the background is awesome. <laughs> I've never had that on an interview. It's tremendous. Um, I, it's not, <laughs> I can barely hear him. I can't believe it's being picked up. It's yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I'm totally going to leave it in, which is going to be great. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear that, that original demo. If you ever do find it, I'd be really curious to, to hear the difference, but I think, um, I think it's a home run as, as it is. I, I will say my, my personal favorite, at least for now has been this track, somebody's home, which, yeah. uh, Man, I think that's just one of the best songs the band has done in years. It just, from the first minute I heard it, the first time listening to the album, I was like, "That's the that's the song." I don't think you, I don't think there's been a song like that in, that you guys have done. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, that's. I feel the same way. That's that's in my top two, and I can't decide be, which was the fa- my favorite between the top two. Um, that's one of Ted's, you know, and and when he sent the demo over or when i started cu- uh, cutting the bass i just called him and i and i said dude this is such inspired writing it's it's like right now it's totally my favorite one by a long margin you know yeah. and then and then i started recording uh the bass for uh uh stan's song that i'm spacing on the name of right now um one so wise and that one is that's my number two. That's I love that one. Yeah. I can't decide which one of those two I like the most. But yeah, somebody's home is just especially, you know, when it gets going from like the second chorus on, it goes into that really awesome bridge and then the vocals come back in. Oh man. It's just gorgeous. Well that the the uh the exact part uh in the chorus where all the harmonies hit and you guys are singing just somebody's home, that chorus line. It's yeah. so powerful and just so perfect. Um, it's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Love it. So yeah, you know, there's there's a lot. I mean, the album is is definitely a prog album. There's no twenty minute epics, but every song is you know five, six, seven, eight minutes. It's it's really sort of long, substantial tracks on it. Um, you know, when you went into writing it, was there some kind of uh, benchmark you wanted to hit? Did you know? Were you looking for uh, sort of long, uh, epic tracks? Was it supposed to be a prog-heavy album? What, what were you going for when you when you were doing it? We just kind of we don't really think about it consciously. You know, by this time, you know, twenty five years down the road, we kind of know what Spock's beard is. Um, but having said that what we are isn't a really isn't a narrow definition you know it's a pretty wide definition but we kind of know what is not going to work what we shouldn't be trying to do um and so every when we think of spock's beard and writing everything just kind of goes into a 
a general format and whether it's long or short, you know, I mean, we don't really decide that beforehand. If a song kind of wants to be long, it, it becomes that it almost on its own, you know, we'd yeah. rather not do super long songs, but sometimes they just grow, you know? Yeah, totally. Let me ask you this. Now that the band has, is getting ready to put out another album and do some shows and, and kind of go through this cycle. Do you ever think about what's the next 10, 15 years for the band? I mean, do you see just more albums and, and more stuff coming down or is there, was there a, a thought ever to, you know, after oblivion particle to maybe not making any more albums? I mean, where, where, or does that ever get discussed? Well, I don't know. I mean, we're we're not spring chickens anymore, you know. Um, Alan Rio and I are in our 60s now, and uh, Ted's still a young whippersnapper. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, there's there's a period where you just kind of get tired of of doing it, especially in the environment these days with the music industry. Yeah. You know, we might not even have to make the decision about. How long are we going to go? The decision may be made for us, you know, just by the music industry and by, you know, people just will like kind of go out of business by attrition, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's that's one way to look at it. So anybody listening to this, buy the album, go see the show. Let's get one more album and tour out of these guys at least. Because <laughs> like I said, I mean, this is my... F my favorite type of music is the type of music that you guys do, personally speaking. So, you know, I, I could hope that it goes on forever. <laughs> and uh, certainly you guys don't look or sound like you're in your 60s. If there is a look or sound for that, I don't even know. But, uh, you know, look, this album is great. Like I said, it's, it's, it's powerful, epic. It's as good as anything the band's done. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to dig it. So... I I vote sure. for more. I vote for more. Um, okay. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for for taking a few minutes to speak. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking to you again. Seeing you, if not sooner, at least on the cruise next year. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yeah, and where are you you're at Florida? You're in Florida. Yeah. You ever um, come? You ever come down? Well, I do. I you know play with Iron Butterfly too, and we've been playing in Florida occasionally. You know, I don't. It's kind of a weird coincidence. I don't know why Florida, but um, we, uh, you know, may get down there. So if I, I'll call you up if we're in the area. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Love to see you. Go come see some old hippies play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? Do you guys do? I mean, the in the God of the Vita, the, like like how long of a version do you play? We do the full version. We have to, you know, if we try to abbreviate it. The, the stage would get ransacked. <laughs> really? <laughs> we could run out of town, tar and feathered. <laughs> That's cool. So you can't get away from the long prog epics. I mean, uh, even if you try. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's really weird. When I first got that gig, I started really digging into it, you know, because I had to learn a pretty big book of material. And, and it was like, you know what? This was 1968. And that's when all of those pr first prog bands were kind of getting started, 60, in 67, 68. And uh, there's a lot of prog elements in Iron Butterfly, also a lot of metal elements. 
yeah. that that would develop in other bands later. But you listen to Iron Butterfly, you can hear the prototype for like three or four different things. And the bass player, who, you know, who knows? Lee Dorman, who knows him? He slipped through the cracks. He was incredible. He was really a good bass player. So it's just a blast for me to play these parts. They're like all over the place, really busy and really interesting, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure like a lot of those bands from, from back then were doing some of this stuff. I was just talking to, to my partner. We did a, a an interview uh, recently and he brought up Proko Haram who had, you know, sort of all these old prog things that no one considers them as, you know, being prog from back like, around the late 60s. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was the birthplace, the the, um, breeding ground, the incubator for all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so if you do come, yeah, definitely let me know, man. All right. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Dave for the interview. Don't forget to pick up the new Spock Spirit album, Noise Floor. comes out May 25th. We're going to play the first single off the album. It's the opening track called To Breathe Another Day. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes and Google Play, or check us out on YouTube. Thanks.